Kia ora hello everybody and welcome to Epic Aotearoa Create a Better Future podcast where every week we share uplifting messages told by New Zealanders in their own words. Our mission is to share the learnings from those lived experiences, inspire our listeners to take positive action and go out there and create a better future. Proudly brought to you by co-founders Joe Hortai, former soldier in the Special Air Service, family man and aspiring entrepreneur, and Brian Osman, a knowledge engineer, family man, entrepreneur and all-round good dude. Thank you for connecting with us today. Now let's get started and create a better future. Let's go. Kia ora koutou. Hello everybody and welcome to Epic Aotearoa Create a Better Future podcast where every week we share with you educational and uplifting messages told by New Zealanders in their own words. Our intent is to share the learnings from those lived experiences, inspire our listeners to take positive action and go out and create a better future. I'm Joe Hortai, your host for today's session and in this interview we have the privilege of speaking with the co-founding partner of Epic Aotearoa, Mr. Brian Osman. Brian is a family man, knowledge engineer, agile coach, aspiring entrepreneur and all-round awesome fella, aka good dude. And in this interview we'll be speaking about why the why is important, how what you think you are is not necessarily what you may become, how being a basketball coach taught him to step outside of his comfort zone, why building wholesome traditions strengthens us, our family and communities. Brian shares with us the there is a you and a you learning to form a public persona, how energy is a force multiplier and how to harness it plus so much more. I'm pumped for this interview and I hope you are too. Let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Introducing co-founder of Epic Aotearoa, Create a Better Future, and all-round awesome fella, aka good dude, Mr. Brian Osman. Welcome, my brother. Welcome. Thank you, Joe. Kia ora. Welcome and to you and thank you for having me on. This is cool. This is exciting. It is exciting. Bro. It's really grateful to have you on the, uh, on the show as you being the co-founder for our audience out there, just so that they're aware we're conducting this interview remotely because my co-founding partner, my brother-in-law, Brian, is based in Sydney, Australia currently with his family. They've been there for about six six or so years, six, six on seven years? Eight. Oh, eight years. Yes. Been there for a while now. <laughs> yeah, eight years. And so that's why we are conducting this remotely. There may be a little bit of lag. There may be some delay and from time to time, myself and or Brian, we might speak over each other, but we will try to minimize that as much as we can. Excited to have you here on the podcast, Brian, and to have your story shared as we try to help inspire, educate, and cause our listeners to take action in creating a better future. So with that said, I'm going to dive into basically where we're at at this stage and where you're at how you're feeling about everything and look to frame and structure questions around what our intentions and that are going forward and based on the content of what we've just shared so far. So starting with why, I know that that's a really big part and really important to you and you've really helped me strive to connect and really delve deeper personally into what it is Epic was all about and I guess for our listeners and for myself, I found that really powerful and helpful for me. And what I'd like to do is start there in terms of I'd love to hear 
and have you share with our audience and with me again around the why, why it is such a foundational piece for you and how it's impacted you and what you do today and how you apply that to what Epic is doing and our future intent, like the, the why around that. I find that when I speak with you and have interactions and communications with you, you're very clear about wanting to make sure that what we're doing has a purpose, has a clear why. And I'd love for you to start there and perhaps share with our audience and listeners about why that's so important and how we build on that. Brilliant. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. I appreciate that time. Um, I think I will just start exactly there and then I might just um, flow backwards for a little bit after that. But um, I, when I'm in uh, a teaching mode uh, and I'm working with um, teams or organizations, regardless of what it is, um, over time, I've come to develop a, um, a thinking around um, alignment, sync, and clarity. So if you can imagine two lines crisscrossing and the first and the vertical line is um, all about alignment and how do we get alignment how do, how do we how do we become clear about the strategic goals the visions the the why and all the tactical stuff that we do so like for us joe is it's like all the tactical stuff like teeing up interviews talking to people um getting our, our kit together um finding different websites all that um listening to other podcasts that is that is all about the how the tactical stuff but that would be just like a waste of time to be frank if we didn't connect it back to something and that something is why why are we here so for epic aotearoa for us it is really about creating a better future and um you talked about in your podcast where we where we look to pivot um from a tech solution to a social media influence helping people type solution where we can share messages of positivity and hope. And I think that's been emphasized over the last year with COVID. And you, know, you see it in Australia and see it in um, in, uh, in Aotearoa and countries similar to us down under where we've gone on a decent grip on COVID, but it's the messaging behind that. There's, not, um, there's all the you know, closing borders and all that sort of thing and the vaccinations, but it's really about how things were messaged so that was a, a positive intent. Same thing here. Like we um, we're we're here because there are people in our countries. There are people, particularly in in Aotearoa, that have a story, but it's not getting out, and people are not seeing that. And that's really our way to create a better future, is to get the stories out so that um, our people can connect because they they'll go. Uh, you know, I've got an idea, maybe, but you know what? That sounds like a humbug idea. Nah, I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big catch. A lot of that self-doubt, eh? Like talking yeah. themselves out of it, potentially, when there's no reason to, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they talk, they talk themselves out of it um, and without realizing, hey, it may be fearful. That may be um, that fear is okay if we use it in a positive sense because that fear will... will encourage us to play to win or drive us but if we take the self-doubt and doubt then we're playing not to lose and then we're just in our space and, and we never get anywhere we just we're just treading water um so it's important for us to to think about why are we here for epic aotearoa is about getting the stories out and to be able to create a better future so that somebody can feel 
encouraged, inspired, direct, and say, hey, look, it's not just me. Somebody else has done this. They've been through this. You know, I can do it, or it can be done. Right? These things are important. Right? And that that's how I feel about that. And and I quickly learned with us, as, as we've been um, working on this initiative for a little while now, that, Joe, you're, you're the ideas man, and... And you're the connector and, and you got all these things. So you, you don't need two of that to some extent. Yes, but you don't need two of that. You just need somebody to be able to say complement that. So that makes us that diversely diverse stronger. So mm-hmm. I see my role as, as doing all the, the things behind the background, um, the little things that perhaps they could help, but always aligning us back. So when I talked about alignment, sync, and clarity, it's that alignment so that we're continually staying on point and focus about what our mission or our task is, our goals, our vision, creating a better future. And then hopefully it's along the line, we get to make sure that we're synced with other entrepreneurs, inspiring people, people that have a dream, they have a vision, or they, they just have an idea, regardless of what it is, and then we fired away. Why provides the clarity why gives us direction i think more importantly why gives us hope that's beautiful awesome so much to digest in those comments really well thought out really clear um it gave me in my time speaking with and working on this project with you over the last probably two maybe nearly three years an opportunity to really broaden my own horizons personally and my own learning and you always you do make me laugh when you when you mention the, the ideas because yeah man I, I do ping off with a whole bunch of ideas <laughs> eh? and I really appreciate your patience when I when I flick them through and there's been a whole bunch more ideas since this has come about but your your steadiness and your your the skills that you bring to this partnership to this what we're creating just really helps guide me in a much more concise or specific way that that's going to help us gain and and build more momentum so an example of that is just through some of what you've shared there the need to connect back to something how things are messaged it those comments when you go through that has helped me to reflect in terms of what it is that we're trying to do here and instead of pinging off with all these ideas mm. it helped me focus and bring back to create a better future that's the focus that was always the mission that was always the focus and i think partly correct me if i'm wrong is that part of why you accepted the invitation to be a part of this because i went back and forth spoke with you about a few things to get your ideas and feedback but ultimately i wanted to i wanted you to partner with me i wanted you to to be excited by it and and wanting to be a part of it and so i wasn't sure how that was coming across but could you maybe talk about how you felt when i pitched the idea to you and were you like straight away were you thinking yeah i'm in or were you thinking um you know i probably want to find out a little bit more where's this fellow going with with his ideas and before you decided to make that step i mean what was the catalyst for you to say, yep, I want to partner on this and and let's do it. <laughs> That's such a good question because I reflect back to it because we actually had this conversation, I think, uh, or very, something very similar a few, few, few years back and you had yeah. an idea and um, 
another idea email. yeah yeah another <laughs> idea yeah and and you sent me an email and i looked through i thought hey man that's really really cool um and i think i responded in some way with say you did hey, you could try yeah. looking at this um but my head really wasn't there um and think about connecting because i i it i wasn't there you know i, I was in, i was in a different space so, and, and i was and i was um um i was looking at more of the reading exactly as the how this is how or this is what i want to do and this is how i'm going to do it and i just mm. responded as such i thought man this is really really cool um but it also highlights to me that man my my ideas are a bit cabbage yeah. <laughs> so i said joe's got some really cool ideas so anyway that marinated there and then this occurred <clears throat> and then you know you started to, to send through some things and we started to um i i can't remember the first engagement i actually I reflect back right now and I can't remember that first engagement with Epic. But what sold me was the one was the energy, but two was the message. Right? And you sold me on the why. Yeah, it's we buy in the why and not what we can do and how we can do it. That's that's relatively easier, relatively. But it's the why, and you sold me on why create a better future. Well, that didn't exist quite then, but the concept did. Mm. The concept of of having a place where people can come together, and I think that's probably the key part for us is that people can come together, they can help each other, they can influence each other to some extent. And as we evolved through that, then it became clearer for us that this was about creating a better future. So that that's that's where you got me. And it was relatively early on. Um, I can probably say I was intrigued from the first, this part, the first iteration of Epic. Yeah. Before we really had um, um, uh, a, a solid name. Um, I was intrigued and then it just turned into you got me. Right. And, and I think that, I think that, you know, like you were saying, I think that that highlights is like um, people want to understand the why. You know, and, and that's what got me, bro. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah, because I hadn't taken the time. I've, I've thought about this for a while, but I haven't actually brought it up in our conversations. I thought it would come about later on anyway in, in conversation at some stage. But it's great, not only for me, but hopefully for our listeners to to get an understanding of that. And I think it helps summarize and capture that, that why and why it's so important to you. And it helped has really helped me, as I've mentioned already, gain a better understanding and work better in our in our relationship not only as family as being brother-in-laws but also as partners in epic Aotearoa. so thank you for clarifying that and um yeah obviously that both you and i have seen that simon Sinek talk the viral talk about starting with why and that's definitely been an eye-opener and, and a help for us as well so yeah that's great you touched on something else as you're talking about the why but it sort of delved into the fear aspect which I just want to get your thoughts on as well because we've been listening to a whole bunch of really educational, uplifting, inspiring, thought-provoking and cause you to really want to take action podcasts, right? We've we've touched on some of those or I've mentioned and acknowledged some of them, but they're really powerful. They're really helpful. And in one of those, uh, there's, there's this comment talking about fear. When we have fear, we play to win. When we have doubt, we play not to lose. And you just mentioned that the, the fear there when people have these stories and then perhaps they talk themselves out of it because maybe they're worried. And that's a real thing. And so I'm interested, and I know our audience would be as well, to hear your thoughts about 
how we could go about overcoming that or how you how how you've adopted that mindset of yeah fear is there we acknowledge it it's there but it's not replaced by doubt and currently we have this fear right with epic but we're playing Mm. to win also there's different types of fears so in my mind i'm thinking of you know what about the fear of embarrassment what about the fear of um your family and friends just sort of keeping you at arm's length now thinking oh yeah i don't really want to have anything to do with that or, or negative comments and feedback that come back and so what are your thoughts and approaches or strategies that you could share with us and with our listeners of how we can either uh, combat that or how we can embrace that even um, to help us overcome and move forward to continue to progress understanding that fear is real understanding that we all experience it at different levels at different times and all those sorts of things on our journey what advice would you give to not only you and i but to our audience around how we can step out of that and and overcome those fears oh i think actually you've got me reflecting and it's reflecting back a long long time but um i would say this um i have a i have a lot of fear uh, I have fear about a whole lot of different things, um, but a couple of things really stand out to me. One is there's fear about failing, but I have a responsibility, mm-hmm. right? a responsibility to my family, a responsibility to you, a responsibility to the people that will get on Epic um, Aotearoa, um, the responsibility to the community. Uh, though that's probably not as intense or as much as say the the things that are immediately valuable to you most important your family and and you know, mm. my wife and my children and um my granddaughter and and those those things drive me you know yeah. now they may not be like like right in my face they may not be um things but they're there and and i keep them there and i'm thinking man what else can we do we need to do this and sometimes it means that okay we need to just take action right and while i paused on that i because I was reflecting back to when I was fifth form. Now, uh, in, a couple of years ago, then yeah, a couple of years. I was yeah, just got out of school. Was, <laughs> you can tell by by the yeah, it's good moisturizer that I use. <laughs> um, so so like last year when I got out of fifth form, um, yeah, a couple of years back. Um, <laughs> I remember being in fifth form and fifth form what is it now is that yeah that year, is that year 10 or something in current i have language? no idea bro i have zero idea anyway yeah so something in, yeah something that'll do is close enough so i was in <laughs> i was in fifth form it was it was english class and um this is uh, this is a shout out to mana college mana college in Puridor. um good place to eat lunch to learn and to produce some really good sports people. So there's a good shout out there. All right, so I was in the English class. We were doing some a Shakespeare play. We were just reading through it. Um, now, for those that knew me at that stage, I was super shy. So like really, uh, I w- public speaking, um, anything, I would turn red. I'd be nervous, be clammy. It just was not my thing at all. So don't get me to stand up and talk. But that one time, one time, I remember we were reading through a play and I decided, because everyone else was just reading it, I decided uh, um, on the spot that I'm going to get a little bit into character. Now, it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't the best acting job. In fact, it was, it was the 
poorest acting job in the world but i got a little <laughs> bit in the character changed the accent a little bit and i remember and i, I can remember being flushed red and i was that fear of embarrassing myself because it sounds stupid and because that no one else was doing it and i stuck my head up and and i did that and no one laughed i said my bit and i i sat you know i i sunk down in my chair i was going red because it was i remember the light shining so it was, it was summer and i remember a little bit later on and probably about five minutes the teacher stopped and he was a male teacher but i forget his name and he was it was relatively strict you people were scared of him and he said um something along the lines of just get into it everyone do you mike don't you do it like him me right yeah just get into it and you know put some energy into it and, and again that felt that i was a bit embarrassed by that but him by doing that i think it triggered something in my head to say that hey that was okay i survived that hmm, that was i can do this i can do this yeah i can do this now I didn't go on to become an actor, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not but for all of us. We're not all not all able to, no, to achieve those us. things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, um, so I, I just walked, and it stuck in my head. And um, then, of course, other experiences, life comes along, and you just try different things. And I realized that the fear of failure drove me, but it's not as scary as it seems if you do something about it and, and and i did something about it and now that was one small step that i tried but then later on it it just helped me so that's just the one thing that really sticks out in my mind about that um that's awesome that's awesome that's a great yeah. story and it's it's helpful you know it's helpful for on so many different levels for our listeners regardless of where they're at in their journey because what you've just said I can really connect to and resonate with and it's part of what we're doing now putting ourselves out there uh, and and doing things that are well outside our comfort zone which is going to lead into you just beautifully sort of segued for me into the next piece around what we're going to discuss and you talked about how you were very shy and um, reserved some might even say if uh, maybe a little bit introverted and all those sorts of things at that time and that leads me to the next part of our conversation where you speak about, and you and I have, have touched briefly on this, but not in a lot of detail, where you talk about what you think you are is not what you may become. Mm. And I think that what you've just touched on there, going back a couple of years to fifth form and then progressing through to the man that you are now and all those other stages in between, those other steps that have taken place in between in your journey from you know, from leaving school to being employed to courting your sweetheart to becoming married to having children, all those sorts of things, all these steps along the way, what you think you are is not what you may become. And I'd love to explore that a bit more with you and get your thoughts and have you elaborate and share and speak to that a bit more on not only yourself as an individual, um, what you've seen over the years, perhaps with your own family and your children, perhaps what you've seen from other mentors that you may have had in your life. Mm. And yeah, just delve into that a bit more and, and explain that to us. What you think you are is not what you may become. Sure, that's, um, that's something that, that I think just stands out to me for a lot of different ways. 
Um, cause I, when I reflect back on my own personal journey, it is, it is very much, a, um, an introverted journey. So I internalized a lot of things. Uh, I was the person that would, um, not necessarily just play by themselves and, you know, like, <laughs> you know, do random things. No mates. No. No, mates. no, no mates in the playground. No, no. Well, sometimes yeah. But, yeah, you got mates if you got good food. Same here. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I remember also reflecting a long way back when I first started school, maybe the year after. So you're only about five or six. And I remember we had a show and tell thing. And um, I stood up and I had new shoes. And um, back then it was like a big deal because like, you know, it's not like you're, we were wealthy or anything. We were, you know, we were just an average family and, you know, make, struggling to make things meet and all that sort of stuff. And I had these new shoes and I yeah. can't remember what they were. They might have been Charlie Browns, if anyone remembers back to then. They could have been something like that. Some random... Charlie Browns, man. That, there's a name I haven't heard for a long time. There you go. All right, so... Uh, so I've heard. I'm not that old. So I've heard. <laughs> I researched that one. No, anyway, and I remember going, standing up and going, um, I, I got new shoes yesterday and I'm being quite proud about it. And the teacher stepped on my shoes and said, well, they're not new now. And um, what? Yeah, I was going, man, what are you blinking? Yeah, <laughs> but you're six, the teacher right? come and just stood on your shoes. What? Because yeah. you said that you had new shoes. Yeah, because christened them. Yeah, just stepped on them. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, Far yeah. out. So probably, the teacher probably thought that that was being funny or was just you know, helping in some way or just being mean. But to me, it was just being mean because you're a six-year-old. You don't think that. You just think, oh, okay, I shouldn't have said that. And that just kind of, it cuts you down, right? Mm. Unless you've, unless you've that real extroverted personality at the time that just, doesn't care and you just go Whoa. yeah and then you try to stomp on the teacher's shoes to get them back <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah or set the shoes on fire or whatever yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um but so yeah you have that unless you've got that personality just from the word go you know things like that just stick out to you so you're like oh okay i, I don't want to stick your head up because uh, i don't want to get chopped off and we we've, yeah right yeah and i think in in um nz that's that is unfortunately a prevalent culture yeah it's all right you're no better than anyone else we we subscribe to, to being egalitarian we, yeah we, everyone's equal to to some extent we all look to help you help each other and that's a positive thing but at mm. the same time recognizing that hey sometimes people have um positive stories and it's okay if they talk about it. not boast about it but they can talk about it you know yeah yeah um, in a safe place without you yeah know, without being cut down or being pulled down or in this case you know, you were quite, you weren't boasting about it from what you're saying. And it was, you're just acknowledging you had this opportunity, not coming from a very wealthy sort of situation. And, you know, you were letting people know. And then to be cut down like that by somebody that's in a position of trust and leadership mm. is, yeah, that's difficult. I, I can, I can understand where you're coming from. Sorry. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, and, and that's confidence, right? Because then the confidence is now dissipated because it's not, Okay, well, I can't do that anymore. I can't share something that's exciting to me. I'll just keep mm, that quiet and yeah. you just go internalize it, right? And this is what happens to people. Um, unfortunately, we, we, we probably all experience that to some extent. You know, our confidence is lacking um, because of what somebody has done or somebody has said. And then mm. we have to work through that. 
So when you fast forward that, you go through um, different experiences. So you, you know, you go from primary school to second to intermediate, perhaps, or to, and then into secondary school, and you learn different things. You grow and you experience that, and you'll you'll find challenges again. I was introverted all the way through, um, and it wasn't until that fifth form English class, and I suspect that was a pivot for me. You know, that was a pivot mm. to be able to say this teacher said something that was in a positive vein to something I did, which made me put my head out of everyone else just for a little moment. It wasn't in a great way, but just for a little moment, maybe I can do it again. So then that can continued with work. All right. And then it continued with um, sports. It continued awesome. with, with other things in little increments. And, and I guess that's part of it was increments. Experiences will, will challenge you in increments. And when you, when you learn from those increments, then it, then you can grow. It's just like, like as you know, Joe, as, as a, um, uh, somebody that is into the health and f- well, into fitness, right? Yeah, you, you, building muscle is yeah. done through by through breaking muscle down through exercise, and then it becomes a l- little bit stronger. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing concept here. We go through something, we experience it, we learn from it, we carry on. And the thing is, it may be embarrassing. Sure. But how do I feel about that? And if I'm okay with it, relatively speaking, let's try it again, and let's try it again, and let's try it again. And it's it's activity and reflection. Reflect on how it made you feel, and then, um, and then do something about it. You know, and and you mentioned in in that question that um, um, with with my sweetheart, with with my um my beautiful wife Rachel, and. Uh, and the way we met, and I'm not going to go into that particular all the story, but we we met, and I that, remember that we might delve into that in another in another episode. <laughs> another episode that's going to take a whole episode to get through that one. <laughs> well, the truth will come. The truth will come. No, um, and um, we. I remember us talking, uh, and I, but I remember me noticing her, and then, um, but I was still shy. I was still shy around, mm. even though I built this public persona, I was still shy around people that may uh, that, that I might find interesting or attracted to or what have you. And with her, I was attracted to it. And um, But I was still shy to be able to find a coherent way to go talk to her because I was like, uh, yeah. For some didn't want to be stumbling and mumbling and over your words, stumbling. right? Oh, man. <laughs> And I suspect the first time we actually spoke, which was in this hallway at work, um, the words that were coming out, I, I, I probably sounded like a doofus. I, I probably did. Yeah, did, you, was, did you go up and say, hello, hello, my name's Brian. It's nice to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> words to that effect. <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, no, wait. Oh. <laughs> I, was like, I think one of the things I may have said was, where have I seen you before? And yet I've seen you around work. And I go, oh, <laughs> like, oh man, this, that's, uh, but you know, we talked and we talked for a good hour, I think at work. I, mean, I was meant to be at work. I mean, I no longer work there. It's been many years now. So it's safe to say, yeah. uh, you know, that I didn't directly go back to work. We just spent time talking and it was a, a mere activity of doing that. And then it just evolved from that. I'm grateful mm-hmm. that it did because now I have a a, a, a beautiful companion that um, that we've been together now for 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 a while for a long time. Um, awesome. And so so it's those things. So it's the 
the reflect and then the activity do something just do something even if that's one thing that's to you even if it means just writing something down something that is unique and special to you that's what I, that's how i would do it because then what will happen is you go from where you are now to where do you want to become and where you want to become is going to be a different person i'm a completely different person mm. to the person that i was when i was in fifth form man that's awesome that's a beautiful story touched on so many great points of what you're talking about there and i love you know you spoke about the health and fitness part and like exercising the muscle and breaking that down and becoming stronger but some of the parts in there from what i could pick up on was that you consistently showed up and you consistently then tried to do you know if i was able to do that you know then maybe i can do it again and then maybe i can do it again and that's a really valuable point i think just listening to you speak and it's no wonder because i can't I can't imagine you being shy, introverted, being, you know, reserved and within yourself. Um, not because you're outlandish and out there, but because to me, your persona is, is you're confident in who you are. You know who you are. You're confident in who you are as, as in your faith, as a son of God, in your relationship as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, having the privilege to, to have that as well. So mm-hmm. you've always... Um, I guess in my time getting to know you, you've always appeared to me anyway to be conf- self-confident in who you are, not boastful or chest beating or I'm this and I'm that, but just very, again, steady. I use that term for you, steady in, in who you are and what you do. So thank you for sharing that and those experiences. And that really does help. And I think it will help our listeners as well connect and resonate with much, if not everything of what you've said about those incremental steps and how they help us to to grow and but the the key parts that i like was how you've reflected and you re, you took those moments along your journey to reflect and we're still doing it now right you're still doing mm-hmm. that now reflecting now but then acting and taking that all-important step which is a huge part of of what this is about and trying to create a better future otherwise we can be reflecting as much as we like and coming up with all these great ideas in our heads and in our minds but if we don't do anything about them, then they just sit there and and nothing, potentially nothing manifests. So really great points, powerful. Thank you for sharing those, B. That sort of segues as well into this next part and question that I have for you, because it's really interesting, because with given all of that, I'm guessing that this next part is what helped you step outside your, or how becoming a basketball coach helped you step outside your comfort zone and and it's starting to help me anyway and and i'm sure for our audience shape and build a bit of a picture about the incremental steps about the the need for reflection and about the all importance need to act and you're taking another step now to become a basketball coach because of your love of basketball which i'm pleased to hear i love basketball as well (laughs) but you stepped outside your comfort zone before we get into that who is your favorite player of all time uh, look, I I got many, but it's got to be the goat, Mr. Jordan. But I think if I really think about it, I I, I go with Scotty Pippen. You go with Scotty Pippen? Yeah, I go with Scotty Pippen. Um, he's because... he's pretty awesome too. But yeah, we'll, we'll stick yeah. with your first answer, Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> no bias here. No, no bias. A shout out to Mike if he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, he changed, you know, the, the story in the last answer. That's when he changed from Mike to Michael, you know, hitting that, that game winning shot and all that sort of stuff in North Carolina. I think they spoke about. So, yeah, that, that man is, yeah, in my opinion, the GOAT. But I digress. Let's come back to um, your basketball coach and that journey and mm. how that helped you step outside your comfort zone. Can you speak to that? Because all of our listeners and our audience will have different challenges, will have different things or pivot points. Like for you in that English class and being acknowledged for the way that you got into character and did your best, even though you slumped down in the chair a little bit after, all those things will have these different pivot points. And there'll be some of our audience that will potentially be at a pivot point now. They'll be at a stage where they're thinking about something. They'll be at a stage where they're apprehensive maybe about stepping into that next realm or position or role, whether it's for work, whether it's for sport, whether it's for whatever it might be, whether it's for education. And it's making them feel uncomfortable, nervous, apprehensive. This was just one of those points and moments for you and there'll be many more along the way and there's likely been many more since but it's stuck out to you because it's an important piece. And so we want to delve into that. So can you speak to that? How for you becoming a basketball coach or being a basketball coach helped you step outside your comfort zone, the lessons that you've learned from that and how we can apply those things in our own situations to help us make that progress and step outside our own comfort zone. Oh, beautiful. So I'll go back just a little bit. Um, I love sports. I, I really do. I, I love sports. I love. I, I love the idea of competing. Um, I love the idea of winning. I love mm. the idea of um, trying a new skill and refining it to get better. Um, one problem: as an athlete, I'm not that good. I, I'm not athletic driven. Um, <laughs> it's just like man, I can't jump. I can't run. I can't. I'm not the strongest. But it's in my head, right? Um, I, I, I can I can beat people in my head, but I may not be able to beat them physically if they make sense on the sports field or on the court. I may not be the fittest. I may not be the strongest. I may not be the tallest or, or, or what have you. But I enjoy the contest, and and um, the more I um, tried the contest, the more and the the more you practice it, the better you became. You know, and. For a while, I was your typical Kiwi um, boy growing up. So rugby, I uh, didn't really play cricket, though that, that took my interest, but I was really more into that rugby. Um, uh, I remember playing fullback and I was cabbage. Uh, so they stuck me on the wing and I didn't, where I didn't know where I was standing. So I was cabbage there. And yeah, I was a young fella just running around like a headless chook, um, mm. but I enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and I, still, I still enjoyed it. And this was um, tackle back then so they didn't have this uh um, flag thing it was just like go in and try and hit somebody and uh, actually try and hit somebody I, I came off worse for wear most of the time but i loved it and then um and then um probably about 12 i became um we were introduced to american missionaries from the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints um yep. and then as a family we slowly became um members of that church and if anyone's associated with um with that particular church in some way you'll know that basketball seems to be the second part of that religion right 
the brawl on Sunday? The brawl that starts, the brawl that begins with a prayer, I think, is the T-shirt that's been that's been <laughs> developed it. and made for that church. The brawl that begins with a prayer. With a prayer. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Brethren, let's have a prayer first, and then, yeah. then we'll get into it. Next minute. <laughs> Next minute. Oh, look. you found me. Right. But there was influence to that. So as a young man going up, again, I, I, basketball was a, um, a foreign sport to me, and that was skill set was just way above my level. But they showed me, and and the people around me, they were kind. The the older boys, uh, my my youth leaders, they were kind, and they would just play, and the, and then they would inadvertently teach me little things, little nuggets, and I would pick up on it, you know. And I realized that um, yes. Basketball may be a tall person sport, but you don't have to be tall to be good. Right? You just take what you've got and then you refine it and you harness it. And, and it just mm. stood out in my mind as we grew. And then, of course, college, and then you start to play for a little bit. And I remember going to a basketball tournament um, in Wanganui with the um, under 16 boys from Mana College. And Mana College has got a very good reputation for basketball in New Zealand, being a small college, but predominantly consistently punching above its weight. And I remember nice. the first time I jumped on court, <clears throat> I think I had holy as socks and like, but I was trying to be cool because all the other kids would bring the, they had the knee length socks uh, and they had the stripes on them. Yeah. So I pulled my <laughs> socks up, but they were holy as all the way through. I was like, man, this guy is humbug, man. He was like, what are you looking for? <laughs> and I think what I did was the same thing with rugby. I just ran around and I didn't know what I was doing, but I tried and I enjoyed it. And they kind of hooked me. Um, and um, going to a tournament, and the first time I, I, I took a shot, I got blocked, and then I figured, well, and I was like, I was against a tall guy, and I figured, well, he, I've got the jump, and I can go back up, and uh, he just slammed it back on my head, and it bounced off my head, and I said, like, oh, okay, shame, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> and then, um, and then this word of wisdom, and then we, yeah, you play more, you play games, and your skills get a little bit better depending on how much you you invest in it. It was just something that was interesting. Um, and we played this church tournament with um, at uh, in Wellington. And we had this, uh, I think he was our bishop at the time. I'm not entirely sure. Actually, I don't think he was. I think he was, uh, uh, he, was a, he was an elderly gentleman at the time. Um, Irish chap, uh, uh, Brother Reynolds. I forget his first name, so um, no disrespect. But Brother Reynolds, and I remember, we're getting smashed. You know, we were like um, 12, 13, 14 maybe, something like that, playing against 17, 18-year-olds. So we're getting smashed. We're down by like 40 points or something. And, and he, he, we're in this huddle, and I think his son was coaching us. And he comes into the huddle, and he goes, Boys, the object of this game is to get the ball on the hoop. And I remember we looked around the other like, you think we're trying? What do you think we're trying to do, man? <laughs> Did you voice so, that? Did you tell him yeah. what do you think we're trying to do? Uh, no, I got the, I, I got this thing. Um, if something like, like it crosses, like like I find silly or whatever, it's like it shows in my face, and I think it showed in my face. I was, what the what? what? You know, like I was just like pulling faces. I I suspect, but um, that stuck with me because the object of the game is get the ball in the hoop. Now as a 12, 13, 14 year old. That may sound obvious, but as a coach, that becomes important because now this starts um, setting the, the foundations for your philosophy. All right. Mm. So I go into I go into high school, um, oh, sorry, college, high school, 
uh, they call it high school over here, but I'm um, going to high school and um, start to play a little bit, not that good, and then come out of it and I go, man, I'm still really into this game and then I got into coaching. Now, this is pre-internet days or pre-World uh, Wide Web type stuff. So the resources were from what you saw, who you talked mm. to, and um, books you would read and um, whatever may have been on TV, and there wasn't a lot on TV at the time, because rugby and cricket and perhaps netball with the- Netball, with the, probably, yeah. Yeah, with the sports. Um, so I think I got invited to coach as an assistant coach, because I still wanted to be involved. And again, I was involved with the boys um, at minor college. I enjoyed my time there. Still wanted to give back in some way, didn't realize that. Um, and mm-hmm. then I started to build out, um, I tried, to build a team or the coach in a way from what I've already learnt, right? So the coaches before me, the players before me, I've, I stored all those things away and I realized that that's what I was doing. I didn't recognize it at the time, but I was I was trying those things and then I would implement them and say practice like a, um, a drill. Yep. And then I watch it and I go, hey, let's tweak that because that doesn't quite work. And again, I didn't realize what I was doing, but what, what I was learn, doing was in my formative years, I was um, I was learning the rules, so to speak, but then yep. I started to break them by challenging them. You know? Yeah, right. So you were taking the data, the information that you had, applying yeah. those. When you'd see the drill run, it sounds like you could see another way to perhaps refine that or make it better. Is that sort of what was yeah. happening? Yeah. Nice. So Yeah, so instead of just doing, oh, let's do half-court layups, right, uh, like every other basketball team seems to do right but the only problem with that is that you only get one or two people moving at the time and the rest of the rest of the time everyone else is just standing around which is okay for the start of a game if you're getting warmed up but as an actual teaching drill um, and this is assuming you have some skill as an actual teaching drill excuse me um we need to be able to morph that and get more people multiple people involved so how do we get more energy all right so it's taking things like that and finding ways in which we become more energetic and also harnessing multiple skill sets. So then I would start incorporating drills that would not only teach offense, let's get the ball into the hoop, the object of the game is get the ball in the hoop, but finding out ways in which you can stop that. So you have an offense-defense thing going on, and then you create tension, <clears throat> and then you create game pressure. And I think we had a chat uh, the other the other evening, I sent you a text because I was listening to a podcast in um, Woolies um, as I was going shopping, and it was Rick Patino, who's the coach of Kentucky and Louisville, uh, also coached at the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks, and he said this, pressure, if harnessed right, is your ally, but stress is your enemy, All right? So mm. we, want, we don't want to be stressed, we want them to create pressure that is positive so that when they're under pressure... Um, the teams could react. That took me years to realize that and morph. Um, <clears throat> but this took me out of my comfort zone because now being the coach meant that I was now being more of a leader, even though it was a little bit uncomfortable. I was also being an administrator because at college level, you, know, you take care of everything yourself. Coaches, coaches, a coach is a leader, is the driver, is the orange person, you know, bring the oranges at half time, yeah, get the yeah. water, pump the ball up, uh, talk to the parents. Um, you're the medic. I'm the medic. All right. Yeah. Hey, your, your foot uh, still on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just bandage yeah. up. You're all right. Just <laughs> get out there. Are you bleeding? No. Well, then no foul. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so those, again, just like we were talking about before, those experiences start to build something, and then you start to develop a philosophy, right, about your approach. And the one one of the philosophies that I developed was um, PhD, and I call it the PhD of defense, and that's pressure, help, PhD. denial, PhD. So become a doctor of defense. PhD is pressure, help, denial, on ball pressure. No, nice. always looking, always looking to help and denying the passing lanes, right? Because so, I wanted to be able to articulate something. So at the start of my coaching journey, it was just like, I was playing man-to-man. Okay, how do you do that? Oh, just stay in front of your player. Oh, okay, cool. All right. We're, and then more... <laughs> sounds simple, right? Experiencing it. It sounds simple, but it's not. Man, especially yeah. when you're um, athletically challenged as I was. Right? Yeah. And then you get a little bit further on, <clears throat> And then you want to be able to give your players something that they hook on. The doctor of defense is PhD, pressure, help, denial. All right. So to be able to get to there, I had to learn experiences. I had to, to lose games. I had to be able to reflect on what was happening. I had to be able to challenge that and then, um, and then try it and then try it and then try it and then see what would work. Um, and that's about getting out of the comfort zone because now I needed to talk to people. I, I spoke to... <clears throat> I remember going to a session in Auckland um, and it was through New Zealand basketball and Tab Baldwin was the guest coach. And here this was when he was coaching the Auckland Stars and this was, I think it was Auckland Stars as they were called. It was just before he became national men's coach. And then talking to him and learning from him and then talking to other coaches and also some um, NBL players that were in this, this session and having the courage to do so because I wanted to learn. By then, I was hooked. Right. Awesome. I was hooked. Yeah. That's incredible. And it's interesting because you talk about something which triggers a memory for me. There's a statement that says, the same thinking that brought you to where you are now will not take you to where you want to be. And it sounds like, you know, that, that PhD, I love that. The PhD for, what did you call it? The PhD of basketball or the PhD the, of defense? The, the, the doctor of defense, PhD. Doctor, yeah, the doctor, doctor of, defense. of defense, PhD. Pressure, help, denial. I love that. That's great. The, the parts also that you spoke about was the need then, I guess, to reiterate, to go through those iterations, to be prepared to lose, as you spoke about, mm. because understanding that you didn't have it all figured out. And there's so many lessons just in this one piece, the, the, in, the, in this PhD concept that we could just have a podcast alone just on this type of session because it's applicable in so many different ways, I think, just listening to you because of what it caused you to need to do to build more courage, to step outside your comfort zone, to speak with people, to glean from their experience and their knowledge, their wisdom, so that you could take those good parts and help compile it into a strategy to help your team and and also add to your own philosophy of what works, what doesn't work or what you've found to work. So that's really interesting. The other key part that I love about what you've spoken about and how becoming a pas- or how being a basketball coach caused you to step outside your comfort zone was you talked about something that's really dear to me in terms of loving what you do. So mm-hmm. you, you talked about very humbly that you, you know you say that you weren't the most athletic and, and all this sort of thing. Um, but playing fullback, playing wing, running around on the field, running around on the basketball court. But what comes through when you've spoken about that is a couple of things. One, you reflected personally, and we're always going to be our harshest critic. So I think you've been probably too harsh on yourself in terms of how you've described yourself and your abilities. 
but also you took action. So you, you're just connecting the dots of everything that we've been speaking about so far, just beautifully in your own words. You took action. The other key part was that you just loved it. You loved what you're doing. And it didn't matter if you weren't the best player on the field. You, Your mindset was you could already beat the players that you were about to compete against. And that's that's really awesome. That's, that's a fantastic trait for our listeners or anybody in any stage of their life to adopt that. Because if we're having those ideas, linking things back mm. to what you've mm. spoken about so far, those ideas that we have, how we can negatively talk ourselves out of situations, but flicking that mindset trying to do our best to change that mindset being open and vulnerable reaching out to people to show up consistently and do those things it's just yeah it's just incredible the amount of information and little nuggets just from listening to you and what you've spoken about so far i really love that what you've just spoken about here and the doc doctorate doctor of defense doctor of defense doctor of defense a phd we're going to use that and link into, because part of your journey, you mentioned missionaries that came mm. um, and that you had some leaders that were helpful and that uh, took time to share with you and teach you things. And um, part of that, what I picked up on sort of leads into this next piece that you've shared and spoken with me. And I see it in your family about the need to build wholesome traditions and how that strengthens us and how that strengthens our family and how that can then flow out into our communities. And so you sort of alluded to it briefly, albeit briefly, when you had these missionaries come through and then the things that they began teaching you and your family towards eventually joining the church and becoming members. But I've seen that in your family and the traditions that you have and the way that you and your wife honor and respect each other and and your family and, and apply those things in your home. And so I'd like to have you speak a bit about that because everything you've been talking about so far just interconnects and just flows really nice not that it needed to be i think it's just the way that you've naturally spoken about things which has helped me connect the dots between some of the stuff that i wanted to speak to you about and building those wholesome traditions families and the impact onto communities and more i'm wondering if you could speak to that and how from from the context of a co-founder in this case for epic Mm how you see the potential to be able to to build or, or connect wholesome uh, traditions in terms of how that could relate to Epic Aotearoa and how we can play a small part because both you and I understand we're just one little piece and we're, we're happy with that. We want to play a small piece, but how that can connect the dots between helping our audience, our listeners, build wholesome traditions, strengthen their families, and broaden out into our communities. If you can speak to that, that would be awesome, B. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I guess as you as you talk through that, uh, and thank you for, for doing that because it, it prompted thoughts. I mean, there's so many thoughts going through my mind and visual images, and um, building wholesome traditions is, is going back to that why. You know, why... Are we here? Why is our family existing? Why is our is Epic Aotearoa existing? Why does New Zealand exist? Why does this, you know, these things you could ask yourself? But for for my wife and I, and I acknowledge my, my wife has just been absolute rock over these last 20, 20 something years. <clears throat> a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. But through everything, she's just stuck by me in many ways. 
um, but she's taught me, she's shared with me, um, um, she's loved me, and and I think one of the things that I remember when, um, and she's been the absolute anchor and rock of, of our relationship and our family, I, I definitely, definitely acknowledge that, but one of the things I remember when I first went to meet um, her siblings and, and mum and dad was um, I went in, uh, um, I was a little bit nervous, but not that nervous, I, I think at the time I was... I had I didn't recognize what you said earlier, Joe, but the self confidence in yourself, not but in a positive, humble mm. way, I suppose. Without even that sounds a bit thing, but anyway, I I went in, and I remember just meeting everyone, and just this energy in the room, and I remember thinking in my head, I want some of this, and mm. then I, I was looking at, at mum and dad, and I was thinking, man, the way they have their grandkids around and the way they interact, I want some of this. Yeah, and then the way the siblings would banter with each other and, and the energy <laughs> they would have, I want some of that. And then the way they made me feel, yeah, and just included me is go, man, I want some of that. Mm-hmm. So um, that just that just permeated um, me and my thinking and 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 just where I wanted to go. And eventually, yeah, of course, we fast forward, we got married, we started to have children, <clears throat> and we have five children, and they go from. Uh, 23 down to 16 in ages. Mm. So at one stage, it, it was, and, and it was probably like yourself, it was a, a countdown, like you go, five, four, three, two. <laughs> <laughs> you could, and, and you'd buy the, 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 the same, you buy boxes of nappies, but you go, uh, I just get the same nappy. That's a girl's nappy for boy. Uh, you know, it's a, that's the same job, man. Put it on. Right. That's right. And, and your budgeting and everything when you're looking at things starts to starts to come down to, oh, man, I could buy X amount of nappies for that amount. Or I could get X amount of yeah nappies or bibs or whatever the case might be for that. So, yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, as you grow up, then you go, well, what are we going to do with our family? And and for us, it was about um, traditions. And one of the things that my wife gets commented on um, a, a lot from people that she interacts with is that um, how close our children seem to be connected. Yeah, you know, that I think it's fair to say they're each other's best friends. And um, yeah, you know, they're the biggest advocate. You know, but if something, if they, if one of the children, if one of the kids steps out of line or does something silly, then you know, everyone else will pull them up. But and you know, but in a loving way, you know, they'll just deal with it. That's awesome. Then, and then, but then they'll move on. But they're still strong and solidified together. They look for ways in which they can do that, and that's just something we've done. Yeah, you know, and we've always made it a, um, a priority for us to be able to do our our spiritual growth and our learning. You know, our our family prayers and eating together and and things like that as much as possible. Because obviously, when you get older. Yeah, with the kids, there's there's a lot more things that you need to factor in. But as much as practical, as much as possible, which is most of the time, we do our family prayers. We do our scripture study. We would, um, we would do um, family home evening or, or get together on Monday nights and just maybe have an activity or, or what have you. Um, we do things. And like, how is um, that? It, sorry, sorry, Brian, to jump in there. How is that spiritual? Because I can tell and feel that that's such a big part. And probably, you can correct me, um, probably it seems like the foundation or the building blocks of these wholesome traditions that you've either felt when you met uh, the in-laws and you're embraced in that family and also with what you have now. Can you just speak to, I know it might be diverting a little bit, but I think it's relevant and it links into these wholesome values and traditions. How important 
the spiritual side and aspect is for you personally and for your family yeah thank you um yeah it's important it's super important it's foundational to us and and this can apply to to everyone um in some way i mean you may not have a, a faith in god you may have a faith in something else you have something mm. you may have you may call it the philosophy it, it whatever it is that is unique to you for us it was that spiritual aspect that things that we have learned through through the um the church of jesus christ latter-day saints but it's those Christian values, you know, and that's important to us. But we don't go waving in everyone's faces. This is this is for mm. us internally, yeah. so that we can build ourselves, so that in some way we can um, share it with others through service, right? Um, but that also means strengthening us, uh, ourselves, our family, and that's something that my wife and I have worked hard on and strengthening um, each other, so that if our kids go through things or if we go through things, there's challenges that come up, that we're we're united. And, and that's mm. probably the key part is that we're united together in a common um, identity, a common cause, a common denominator. You know, when things don't go well, yeah. um, how you react to it is often reflection of the foundations that you put in place beforehand. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's be able to, to take that. And um, one of the things that we do is, is regularly um, meet with our children, counsel with them. We call it... Um, personal interview time or pit yeah um, we we sometimes we do that formally and then other times it may be just informal in the car yeah if i'm dropping uh one of my children off to work for example then we have a chat about how things are and, and where you're up to and what are you doing or if i'm talking to to elijah my, my oldest son you know yeah how are you doing how's your music yeah what are you up to what are you feeling you know and just having those conversations or isaiah because they're all different Right. Yeah. So I might have I've got children that are, are quite quiet and more introverted, um, but they'll step up when they absolutely need to. I've got um, one that will just take charge on a lot of things. You know, the, boom, this is the way it's going to be. And then one is just a social butterfly will try everything with high energy. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's also recognizing that you can't speak the same to all of them. Um, yeah, yeah, you have to interact on an individual level. Um, it was funny. We're talking about this, um, that podcast I talked about earlier, um, and that was Lewis Howe's um, The School of Greatness, and this is the interview with Rick Pitino, the basketball coach, yep. and he said, um, you are your own messenger. Right? It's meaning that you have to message two people. You can't send somebody else. I, I can't send my son to go have a one-on-one -on -one interview with my youngest daughter. That's not going to work, and to be able to convey my messages, because that's not genuine. I have to do that. That's the activity. Mm. Right? So we build that in so that the kids get used to it. So your family gets used to it. And it doesn't mean that you have to do it like 100% of the time. It doesn't mean that you that um, it's, not going, it, it's not going to not work. It's just some, you just do it as consistently as you can, considering that life is life and things come up. You, know? you, you just try your best. The, um, I think the... The thing that, that um, in, in that interview, that Lewis Howes interview that I'm, that I'm ref, uh, referring to with Rick Bettino, um, he talks about a number of different things. You are your own messenger and um, the need to listen. Mm. And I think that's probably one of the things that I've learned. So while we have this interview with, with my kids and, uh, and I may talk about things, I also need to recognize I need to listen to what they're saying and also to what they're not saying right. because that's important and those build that's up traditions. Yeah, it is powerful yeah 
and also sitting down and, and having um, meals together as a family, you know, having coming together at Christmas time, um, you know, inviting family over or or whatever it may be, it's just sharing and building it because that strength, the foundations will make it strong because when the whirlwinds come, yeah, we can to some degree resist it. So I, I think that's that because then what happens, and I've noticed this, then they go out because they're getting to the age now where they're going to go out and start their own families or, or what have you. And, and, and my oldest daughter has started that with, with um, our granddaughter. And yeah, But what are they going to impart in their families? Well, what did they learn? What did we teach them? What example? And then they'll take it and they'll change it and morph it to them. But it comes back to a common denominator. And if you take it even further, that they, they goes back to um, Rachel's family and then goes back to uh, maybe a little bit about my family, but my family weren't really like that. We, we were a little bit different. We are kind of more... We were together, but not together. Not exactly like Rachel's family. And, and that's not a bad thing. It's just a different thing. Right? Yeah, just different. Take yeah. The, yeah, it's just different. So it's just taking all those things. And once you've got that, they're going to go out and increase their family and then turn they influence their communities. Right? Mm. So everything starts in the home. It really, really does. Beautiful, beautiful. That's Man, there's a lot in there. I, I love the parts about, you know, your, and thank you for elaborating and talking on the importance of your faith and your family's faith because a couple of things that stuck out to me there as you spoke as well which people will be able to connect and resonate with was when you were in the home of your in-laws or who were to become your in-laws they and you mentioned you and your family have your christian values and faith you don't go around banging it or trying to hammer on or, or uh, preach on to people you let it come through in your actions and it sounds like that's that's what the experience was when you were at the in-laws' home. They weren't preaching to you, but you could feel something there. And you could see that through their actions, the way that they bantered together, the way that they had their grandchildren around them, the way that they were as parents, as leaders within their home. And that drew you to want to, man, I want to have these things. And that's that's powerful. That's really awesome. It's great to hear about the values and traditions. And I'll, and I'll get to why I'm just sort of trying to summarize some of the fantastic stuff that you've shared, but the need to have those one-on-ones, the um, the pit time, I think you called it, the mm. parent interview time, was it? Or per- personal interview time. Personal interview time, sorry. So the personal interview time and sitting with them and each of them. And I love how I love how it's either formal or informal at times, you know, depending on, on what's happening or what you and your wife decide you, you want to uh, do with your children. And those opportunities to have the one-on-one, like they might only be a few minutes, right? Or they could be mm. half an hour, an hour long. But that time that you're giving to, in this case, your children and or the individual, whether that's to your spouse or whether that's to the children or another family member, is time. And that's the most important thing which we've been discovering or which we've already known, but which we've really understood, I think, for me, really starting to try to understand even more how valuable and important that is. And I guess just to to connect this all together, yes, those have been within the home, but the importance of that in building and developing these traditions and how that strengthens the family goes out, or for us personally, into the family and then into the communities is essentially sort of what happens and what you can build around business as well with whoever that leader is, with their staff members or team members, however they refer to their people, the need to listen, to take the time out, to have that that one-on-one, to hear them 
to listen to not only what's been said but what's not been said so I love that comment as well that you shared because there's a whole lot through the non-verbal side and body language side that is being communicated if we're attuned enough to, to pick up on those things so just some really powerful insights I think which are really going to help our audience so those are just some of the things you know and you, you spoke about a whole a whole bunch more but we're going to as I look to to wrap up this interview with you with a with a handful of questions left I'm going to dive into this last part on here where you speak about and you've talked about how energy is a force multiplier and how to harness that and I guess just to a degree some of that energy you were feeling from your in-laws and and in that home environment and it, actually a quick story because we share the same in-laws I was supposed to ask you did you get an interview by uh dad did, it, did he interview you and uh or interrogate you I should say mine felt a little bit like an interrogation so we're going to sidetrack a little bit here briefly but were you interviewed or interrogated by dad oh bro sorry I was interviewed you <laughs> You're lucky. Yeah. I, I, on the other hand, <clears throat> my one felt a bit more like a, a, an interrogation, but done in a really kind way. I was like, man, I wish this guy was my interrogator when I was going through that particular course in the army. But it's a, one of the beautiful memories I have of, of dad um, mm. because he's, mm. he's left, he's no longer with us physically. But um, yeah, such a wonderful man, a good man, very patient with me as well. But anywho, that energy, I can relate to what you're talking about and what you must have felt being in their home. Um, so I'd like for you to speak about that and in relation to how that energy, being a force multiplier, how to harness it and what it's enabled you to do, whether that's in your current work, because we know you work full-time as well, in your current relationships and family and in relation to Epic, how that energy that you have, that you draw from, how it how it guides you, how it pushes you to, to do more and how you harness that, how you embrace it and harness it. Okay, yeah, no worries. So like you alluded to, you know, having that from feeling the energy, I think that's important to to um, to realize that we feel energy in, in many different ways. Now, does that mean we need to be rah-rah and all super hyped up, Tony Robbins, no disrespect, my man, if we get to interview you, yeah, we'll <laughs> do that. But yeah, it's having that ability to be able to harness energy and and the way you would do things the way you would feel things and 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 portray it but this is this is being true to you all right so the way that um we might do energy the way that um tony robbins will do energy the way that um, my one of my daughters might do energy would be two different things or three three or four different things you know we look at it in different ways so um i i actually took this from um um, a book that I've got, it's a, um, a biography of Colin Powell. He's a General Colin Powell, uh, former Secretary of US Secretary of State. He was also yep. Chief of Army, uh, no, Chief of Staff at, um, for the US Army during Desert Storm time. Um, and in there, he's talked about his 13, um, Powell's 13 rules. Right? And one of them is um, enthusiasm is a force multiplier. So you can get people that are enthusiastic about things it just multiplies the effect, right? It's the same sort of thing with energy, right? And I, I, I swapped out the word energy because energy um, is, uh, I, I think, a, 
a broader term because energy is um, unique to how everyone else is feeling. So if I'm flat and if I'm and if I'm just not in a good headspace or whatever, that's going to multiply the effects, the influence. All right. Um, but if we're energetic in our own way, all right, um, then that just multiplies the effects going forward. So hopefully coming out of the podcast, you know, we we get to think, man, that was that was I, I feel something right and that's what mm -hmm. we're after is we want people yeah. to feel something and then take that away and i guess the key part then is being in tune with the energy all right so from other people mm. is being in tune with the energy of other people some people are going to resonate with your style great cool they're easy right in the sense that they've you've already connected spirit to spirit energy to energy you've already connected right the ones that are on the periphery of that that's where you need to pay attention to, right? So, so what I'm saying is, it's what's not only what's being said, but what's not being said, what's being done, also what's not being done. And so, being mm. aware and in tune with that is, if they're not engaging, or if they're not being engaged, if the energy is low, probe that a little bit to find out why, All right? Because it may be a good reason. Maybe that that's just just them. They need time to reflect. There are a lot of us that just need time to reflect, like. Um, for, for example, Joe, you when you we talked about ideas right at the beginning, you you can list off ideas like that, and I look at them, <laughs> man. I, 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 dude, a lot of them, a lot of them one. are quite cabbage too, though. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually use that in my my um in my work, and I say like, this is a technical Kiwi term. Uh, that was cabbage, and I get people looking at me, particularly my Australian cousins. They look at me and go, "What cabbage? What the type of word is that?" Uh, <laughs> But that is a type of energy, right? So if you see people that are um, on that periphery of your energy, your your energy flow, whatever it is for you, if they're on the periphery of it, why are they on the periphery? It may be a good reason. That's their style. Fantastic. Then find ways that connect to them. Remember, be your own messenger, mm. which means individually messaging to them in a way that makes sense. So, for example, this is one way to portray energy. I'm going to do it right now. Done. it's pretty for me i don't know if you're going to ask me but when i look at that uh, the energy that i was getting from there was fairly not very um causing me to want to want to do much like it just seemed sort of static and blank and not um yeah it wasn't it wasn't a positive vibe i guess is what i'm trying to get at with with what you were trying to project there. Well, that's how I felt as I looked at it. That's, that's, that's actually really interesting. Um, and this is something that, that has evolved over time through work as well, um, and also through home, um, and just a whole lot of different spaces um, that you brought up these experiences. Um, one thing that if somebody listens to me in, um, because what I do is like, um, part of what I do is, is in the training space, right? So I help mm. teams, individual organizations, right? Um, now, if I'm constantly talking like this, that's going to just, people are going to burn out after a while. So what I do when I'm, I'm seeing this is I'll go and pause. It's the power of the pause, right? And then you can gauge the energy. So don't, um, I, I often do this in my training. I'll, I'll ask a question and I'll wait and I'll just wait. And I'll wait because somebody's going to cave in 
and I know they'll cave in because they don't <laughs> like silence and they'll answer it. But and it makes silence makes people uncomfortable, but at the same time it helps people to be able to catch up because we're we're, we're going like mm. this and in our heads trying to um, make sense of what's happening, sense making, and then they catch up and they go, okay, cool, now we can go on. Yeah, and these are these are some of the things. So when we're talking about the, the energy as a force multiplier, is recognizing the different types of energy. One that we give to what other people give, and then just find different ways to be able to pull it all together and connect them. Man, all together. that's a great point. That's a great point. So now that I'm reflecting on, yeah, reflecting on what you've just elaborated on talking there, like the the that power of a of an individual's perception because everybody has a perception and opinion right and they're all mm. correct but as i listen to you speak now and as you've sort of touched on without coming back well this is actually what i was trying to do i'm sitting back now thinking well oh, hang on man i feel like now i was way off the mark <laughs> with, regards to, <laughs> with regards to how i viewed your energy yeah. in that in that instance so that's powerful sorry carry on carry on yeah so it um then, then what that does, and, and I think this is also the, the, the part of that is understanding your energy. So for right now in this podcast or in the, when I interact in, in a training situation and with a group of people, this is my energy. It, it's, it's a high energy. It, it, the, the, down, the potential downside is that it does take a toll on you. It makes you, you get drained after it because you're giving, 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 giving. All right? And that's okay because that's the context in which you work in because you want to engage people part of it is a performance but mm. real work and, and i mean this um sincerely and i don't mean this um to um disrespect anyone that's been in training or anything like that but the real work happens one-on-one -on -one in the quiet moments outside of the camera all right mm. and then that energy becomes like this yeah when we start to slow down we start to just real discuss we listen we figure out what's happening we find ways in which we can communicate more effectively all right so that high energy, da 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 da, suitable for one context. The lower but more consistent, steady energy, and to, to borrow your word, Joe, the steady energy, that is separate for a different context. So the energy is a force multiplier, absolutely, but harnessing your energy, because our styles may be similar but different. But yeah. if you look at other people, they have a different style. So you just harness and improve your style. If you want to have a different style, practice it. And I, I think, uh, again, from the, the Lewis Howes podcast, the, the, who's the other guy you like to listen to? Not Tim. Guy James, Raz. Oh, no, um, on the interview. Sorry, James. Um, oh, oh James Altucher. Yeah, Altucher, yeah. He yep. talks about not the 10,000-hour rule to yeah. get better at something, but the 10,000 yeah, yeah. experiments. Yeah, and the skipping the line. And skipping the line, yeah. Yeah. So to to skip the line and fast forward your um your expertise, so to speak, is try these little experiments. You know, if you want to to multiply, and make things, because when we talk about a false multiplier, so I forgot to say that false multiplier means to get and harness all of the energy, the slower energy, the the more um the, the upbeat in all of it together, because once it's heading the same direction, everything takes off, right? Yeah. So, but one way to, to be able to change the way you want to do it is just try these little experiments, that little bit of embarrassment we talked about before. See what comes back. Learn yep. from it. Pivot if you need to. And just continually trying different things. Man, that's beautiful. So much value in there, B. I, I 
taken away so much from our time in our interview here and I've just got a couple of questions left but before I get to those I just want to talk about you know some of what I just took away from that last piece was harnessing the right energy at the right time for the right purpose and yeah. and utilizing that for the right audience because as you talked about some of that high energy versus potentially some of those that may be a bit more steady or consistent or maybe a bit more reserved it's you're finding your energy and ability to connect with people on that level mm. is going to be different depending on the audience right and so I think mm. what I've found and what I really love about working with you is that I really draw from your energy that you have it's a, it feels like for me personally a force multiplier with regards to, I feel like I can go out and and go speak with companies about what it is that we're doing because part of that I know that even though you're living in Australia <clears throat> the energy the connection that we have just gives me confidence and so elaborating a little bit on what you've touched on for me anyway knowing that I have somebody like you in in my corner with regards to the different skill sets knowledge experience and all that sort of stuff that you bring just that force multiplier piece really stands out in my mind because it does it feels like like there's only one of me but I feel like I'm capable and able of doing so much more and having sat in one of your courses as well that energy comes through when you're teaching, when you're communicating and sharing knowledge with the participants because you enable everybody to feel included. Because my background in that course that I was sitting on was very different to everybody else that was in there. But I think you you recognized where I was coming from was from a completely different background and headspace to those that were on that course of the software testing and understanding that there probably because of the blank look on, on my face and some of the stuff that was happening but I feel like you noticed me to the point where you recognized I need to try to help Joe connect this in his own head and that was beautiful the way that that was done the way that um, the way that you helped me then is like a light bulb moment I was like, oh well I get what he's talking about now I can connect the dots to this software testing process and, and those sorts of things am I great at it no but I was in that moment and on that course then able to flow through the rest of that course with a lot more confidence and understanding. So that's, you know, massive credit to you and what you're able to do in there. And part of the acknowledgement, which I'll get into after I ask you this second to last question. So this second to last question, B, um, and I love how you've just encompassed everything from the why right through to the force multipliers and energy and traditions and stepping outside our comfort zones and all these things that have been wrapped up. <clears throat> a couple of the key themes that stand out to me is just that need to reflect and take action. I really like that concept that comes through a lot in terms of what you've spoken about today. This second to last question is, what are three pieces of advice? So you, the scenario being hypothetical situation, you have, or not even hypothetical, this is, this is real life now, so... Yeah, scratch that. It's not hypothetical. This is what are three pieces of advice that you would share with people to either educate or uplift them or encourage people to take action towards creating a better future. So this whole part of what we're doing, Epic Aotearoa, create a better future. We understand our mission, purpose, our vision, our why, which is that tagline, which I acknowledge you. You're the one that came up with that after we 
went through and bounced around all these what's our purpose what are we trying to do what are we trying to achieve you summed it up in those four perfect words for what we're doing create a better future what would be three pieces of advice that you would share with people to help them on their journey towards creating a better future okay so the first one, um, I will acknowledge my my beautiful wife, Rachel. Um, she will often mm. say this to our children, is um, never delay a prompting. All right. So if you extend that a little bit further, if you have a prompting to try something, and it, it could be in a spiritual sense, it could be in a physical sense, it could be in a business sense, it could be an idea sense, it could be a school sense, a sports, whatever it is. If you have a prompting to try something that is going to be positive and uplifting, don't delay. Right? Do something about it. And even if it's just a small thing, that activity, that momentum, that becomes energy. That energy becomes a force multiplier. So don't delay a prompting will be number one. Uh, awesome. Second one. Number the two. second one. Number two. Whew. I, I knew this was coming, but... Uh, Bro, you think you think I would have had that in my head? <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't right. know when it was coming, though. So. Ah, I didn't know when it was coming. That's right. That's right. Okay, number two would be. Um, number two would be yeah. Understand your why. Yeah, understand your why because people, um, people don't connect on the what and the how. They connect on the why. All right. So why? 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 Why is this idea great? Why do I want to play rugby? Why do I want to play netball? Why do I want to go to university? Why do I want to be a lawyer? Why do I mm. want to do this? Why do I want to be an entrepreneur? Why do I want to be a person of faith? Whatever it is. Yeah. That why then sets your groundwork going forward. That's awesome. Just on that, before you give us a third one, something that mm. just stuck out to me, you know, all those whys there were quite positive. Why do we want to do this? Why do we don't want to do that? But I think... A key part of what you've spoken about so far it, it potentially rightly or wrongly could be important to ask why do i think it's a dumb idea like mm. you know that mm. that negative self-talk or why does this person not think it's a good idea if if you want to go that route i mean i just it just popped into my head as you're talking about those things you know why is this a great idea why do we want to do this that's all relevant and i agree 100 percent. you've helped me as i've mentioned with regards to where we're at on our journey but i think if i had of where I'm at now, if I had have asked my, myself that question three, four, five years ago, why they think it's a dumb idea or why I think it's a dumb idea, I potentially, for me, probably would have talked myself out of it. But mm. that don't delay a prompting, never delay a prompting, take action, don't delay. Having these two of what you've just touched on is really powerful for me so far. Sorry, I just need to jump in there on that. But yeah, that, I've got your first two and your, and your third one. No, no, no. That... that, that. Oh, third one? Okay, cool. So we've got understanding that why. And actually, just before we go into that third one, I, I just want to um, yep. uh, talk, talk all your, your, your thoughts there, Joe, because um, not only those things that, that um, even if we go, well, why is that a dumb idea? You know what? One way to look at that, that's data, right? The more data we have, the more we recognize patterns. The more data we have, the more we can make decisions that are meaningful. All right, so it's all data for us. And... Um, so if we can think mm, about this in nice. our mindset, and this is probably the third one, all right, is is embrace a growth type mindset. Embrace 
learning yeah this is a whole education piece learn oh, so everything looks like we do, can are you still there b can you hear me yeah yeah i can hear you oh sorry we got we got cut out there the last part on here hopefully it'll come through in the recording but the last part that i heard you talked about acknowledging um the comment that i just mentioned but that mm. the last part i heard was that it's data it's data that we get come back which will help yeah. us that and then it just went dead quiet for a while oh that's okay um so again what i was saying that was just that this is all data this helps us to learn it helps us to grow and that's all part of the a growth mindset or an open mindset you know try something and if it doesn't work examine awesome. why it doesn't work and then learn from it that's that's data it's it, it also reflects me back to again the, the basketball thing that we talked about um i remember watching yep. and this is when the nba was on on um tv but i would watch it and i would study the moves and this is back in the vcr days of the videos so you have to go pause rewind pause rewind and like that and i would watch footwork of yeah. like kevin McHale or, or hakeem elijah one or somebody like that just so i could understand mm. what was happening so um having that that would probably be my my third So, sorry, B, I didn't get, so I've got the never delay a prompting, understand your why, and the third one? Yep. The, the third one would be um, to, to, to multiply what you have and to recognize that, um, oh, actually, I don't even think I said a third one, did I? I was just going off what you said. The third one is to find... No, I, I, cause that's what I was coming back for. So the last part that I'd heard yeah. was around yeah. the, the understanding the why and your acknowledgement around what I'd been saying. So I, was, I, I got the first two, but I didn't get um, the third one. What your third piece of advice would be? Oh, it's to find your own energy. Find your own energy nice. and refine it and make it yours. And then... Once you've got that, then start connecting people. Connect the dots together. That that would be my third piece. Nice. Awesome. I'm just writing that down because um, who knows, further on down the track, we will address these. And wherever we are in our journeys, things may have changed or they may be exactly the same, but it's something that we plan on capturing and doing for each of those that we interview. And so... That's great. The pieces of advice that you would share to help our people and to educate and uplift and help them take action towards creating a better future. Never delay a prompting. Understand your why and find your own energy. Beautiful pieces of advice and the stories and context around them. So Brian, just before I ask you the last question, just want to recognize, acknowledge and thank you for your time that you've given today for making yourself available I want to thank you for the way that you continually provide and support me as we work towards creating a better future and building epic to beyond just a simple podcast i say simple as if we're experts and know what we're doing but we're not yet <laughs> but um we will get better ladies and gentlemen but i really want to thank you and acknowledge you for that your steadiness your experience and just the influence that you have, whether that's through sending me a reply, whether that's through sending me an idea, whether that's through talking about different concepts and ideas is being a real rock and a support. Knowing that you're there 
And I know that if people take the time to, or as people take the time to listen to this episode, number two of the Epic Aotearoa Create a Better Future podcast, they're going to gain so much from hearing from your experiences and feeling of your energy and the way that that's portrayed and delivered. So thank you for that you do. Thank you for the wonderful man that you are within your home, for being an awesome fellow and all-round good dude. I'm going to hit you up with this last question, our final question. Mr. Brian Osmond, what would be your definition of a better future? In your own words, describe your definition of a better future. A better future for me would be uh, a place where our families are just tight. They have traditions. They are led well in the home. Um, that we can are resilient. And then in turn, our families are able to support and help our communities. Um, and this is through us as, as husbands, perhaps, or as partners, to be able to encourage our children, and particularly our, our own wives or our own partners, whatever you want to call them, right, to, to, to grow as well, um, and to be able to learn from them. That's what I see. I think it comes back to the family, then we build it out to the communities, then we build it out to the nation. That's I see a better future. It's beautiful. Awesome, Brian. Fantastic. I've got those notes down as well. But again, privilege to have you on this podcast, brother. Thank you Thank for you. all the information that you've shared. And we will catch up and connect soon. We'll end this podcast here. Do you, well, actually, before we do that, do you have any final comments or words that you want to share before I close? I just want to say thank you, Joe, for, um, again, being a, an awesome brother. Um, thank you for your ideas. Thank you for your energy that you, and we bounce off each other, but also acknowledge your family and the support. Uh, I want to acknowledge my family, my, my dearest wife and, and our children and, and our little granddaughter. These things make us and ground us and why, but I guess I just want to also thank for those that are listening and coming along this journey with us because this is exciting, man. This is, this is so exciting, um, I'm, but I'm grateful to have spend a small moment of time with you guys. Thank you, Jim. Awesome. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, Aotearoa, this is Mr. Brian Osman, episode number two of the Epic Aotearoa Create a Better Future podcast. I'm Joe Horta. I was fortunate enough to be your host for today. That is us signing off for this episode. Whatever it is you're doing, whatever it is you are working on, whatever it is you are inspired by or seeking to do, we wish you every success. Know that we are here to support. Know that you've got people in your corner. Reach out. If you need help, don't be afraid or ashamed or embarrassed if you feel that you need that help. There are good people all around looking to help support and uplift you. We are trying to do our best to be a part of that. So feel free to reach out to us as well if you need to. And remember, keep smashing and let's go. If you enjoyed this conversation, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. Be sure to hit that notification bell so that you can be kept up to date with more inspiring messages from amazing New Zealanders each and every week. If you found this discussion helpful, we invite you to share this link with your networks and tag Brian and I when you do. We would love to hear from you, so please be sure to leave us a review so that we can continually strive to provide the best service possible. As Abraham Lincoln said, the best way to predict your future is to create it. We thank you for your support, Aotearoa, and we're excited to partner with you in working together to create a better future. Let's go.